0: Hello, and welcome to the Interabang podcast. I'm your host, Hannah Theodore. Can someone help me get a ride home? Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for joining me. We have a lot to get to today, but first, here's a look at what's making news at Fanshawe this week. Fanshawe College has hired an anti racism and inclusion specialist. Troy Townsend, a longtime Fanshawe faculty member, will now report to the college's Director of Equity, Diversity, and Inclusion as an anti racism and inclusion specialist. Townsend will provide informal support and guidance to staff, students, and faculty who have experienced inequity or oppression. And she will be offering a particular emphasis on supporting racialized campus community members. Townsend will officially begin in her new position starting July 11th. Counseling and Accessibility Services welcomed a new furry employee recently. Hartley the therapy dog will now be a common presence in the counseling office at Fanshawe, offering a broad range of support for students in need. His role is totally customizable, and you can snuggle with him as much or as little as you need. He is trained for some commands, like resting his head on the student's lap or giving hugs. You can meet him in the Canceling and Accessibility office anytime or stop by our YouTube channel to see the video we made with Hartley. And lastly, the Falcons cross-country teams having new head coach. On July 4th, Director of Athletics and Recreation Nathan McFadden announced that John Stevenson would take over as the new head coach of the men's and women's cross-country programs. Stevenson is a chartered performance coach with OCAA experience. He was also the head coach for the Centennial College Colts cross-country program for the past five years. Stevenson is currently the head coach of Team Canada Open Athletics for the 2022 Maccabi Games and is a mentor coach developer, learning facilitator and evaluator for Athletics Ontario. So a lot happened this week in London, or at least that's how it felt. One story actually started last week when the CBC reported that a 72-year-old Rock the Park volunteer quit in disgust over a $5 water bottle rule. For anyone who doesn't know, Rock the Park is an outdoor music event that is held in Harris Park in London, usually every summer, but of course this year marks the first time it's been on since COVID-19. Now, after that CBC article came out, there was quite a bit of public outcry over this rule, perhaps most importantly, because not only was water going to cost $5 a pop, but there also would not be any water refill stations on site, nor would guests who were already paying $90 a ticket be allowed to bring in their own water bottles. At this point, we thought we got to get on this story, but it was changing really fast. What with all the online discussion and general uproar. So reporter Zoe King took the lead on this one, and she's here today to walk us through how this story unfolded and where we are now. Okay. Hi, Zoe. Welcome to the show. Um, This story has been something we've been following now for, well, I've been kind of following it for the past week or so, and this all started with this CBC article from last week. And I know when we discussed that, you were kind of immediately... Interested in this story. I'm curious what drew you to this story in particular.
1: Yeah, well, to be honest, I've noticed in the past so many times whether it's me being at the airport or two weeks ago I was at Niagara Falls and it was extremely hot. I was outside for like an hour and a half and I honestly thought I was going to get heat stroke, which is saying something because I'm from Barbados. I should be used to the heat. So the fact that I was so hot and like I was craving water so much was proving how much the heat can impact your body and so the only place I could find water was the main station at Niagara and it was also five dollars for water and I found that absolutely insane but you know you have to do what you have to do if you're feeling dehydrated you're gonna end up paying it but it's unfair to the amounts of people who are there who feel that way you know so when I heard that this was something that was also happening in London I definitely wanted to participate in it and like hear everyone's views on uh, this story. Yeah,
0: you know, cause I think you make a great point. Like water is something that we all need and especially at something like Rock the Park, which is this outdoor festival in the middle of summer, there was obviously just something about this rule that irked people uh and kind of rubbed them the wrong way. And so basically the the initial CBC article um highlighted the uh, a volunteer who was actively quitting her position because of the rule that Rock the Park had instated, which said that you couldn't bring your own water bottle in and there weren't going to be water refill stations. And if you wanted water, you were going to have to pay $5 a bottle. Um, And reaction to this was super strong uh, pretty much immediately. What kind of uh, reactions did you see like while you were researching this story? Like, did you see some hostile folks on the
1: internet over this? So yeah, I definitely have seen a lot of responses over the internet in terms of this and a lot of people felt like it was quite a harsh decision for Rockley Park to not allow people to bring their bottles into the event since you can't be in and out and then you're basically being forced to pay the five dollars so people were definitely upset about this policy being put into place
0: as we are working away on this, so we're seeing these responses from the public, Um, the city is not really saying anything, but then all of a sudden, this uh, city council candidate for Ward 6 and uh, also Western law professor, Sam Trossow, uh, he comes out with this statement calling on the city to somehow enforce a water refill station. But what we find is that the city can't really do that, or so they say, right?
1: Mm -hmm.
0: what ends up happening instead is that after this statement comes out, uh, rock, the park does come back and say that they are going to offer a refill station. Now, still not really letting people bring their own water bottles in as far as we can kind of tell from this story, but they will have the option for you to refill your water bottles. So that's around when you were able to speak with Sam. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about that conversation that you had with him?
1: Yeah, of course. So Sam is a candidate for the City Council and when he saw this news on uh, CBC, he was completely shocked and surprised, especially because he knew that the city was doing really well in promoting fresh water for, you know, the people of London. And so when he saw this, he kind of felt like it was a bit of a backtrack on promoting fresh water. So he definitely wanted to say something to try and rectify the situation. And I feel as you know as a candidate of the council, it was a very good statement that he released in amplifying the situation a bit more. And he did recognize that it shouldn't have been, it shouldn't have taken a volunteer quitting for us to recognize what is happening with the event and this water crisis. Um but, but yeah, it was very uh educating learning from Sam what he thought went down and how he believes should even should move forward. Right, because part of this conversation too
0: is the fact that London is technically in a climate emergency right now, at least officially. Um, what did Sam have to say about that aspect of this conversation?
1: So there was definitely concern from some that people could get heat stroke or suffer of dehydration or even worse. But he said that even if we weren't in a climate emergency, which we are in one, but even if we weren't in one, he said that this is something that he would still bring to the city's attention and that, you know, if he was chosen council, that he would definitely be speaking about something like this.
0: Now he made some strong points, I understand too, about the fact that the city didn't really say anything about this. Like what 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 were his his thoughts about the city's almost like lack of action on this subject?
1: He was quite shocked. And you know, he said that it was curious to him that the city wasn't more forthcoming about coming out with a statement saying how they were gonna ratify it. He definitely expressed that he believes the city does have a big role to play in this situation. And it's not just to the organizers of the Park to say, okay, we need to request a water refill station. He thinks that it is up to the city to make sure that because it is city property, that there is adequate amount of water sources for the people who are attending the event.
0: Right. like Even though the city maybe couldn't legally have done anything, they could have at least come out and, and stood in opposition to the decision. Exactly. So at this point, we are still waiting to kind of hear from the city at all on this topic. Um, did Sam have any thoughts on like whether or not an official statement might be coming? He
1: seemed like he didn't know exactly what was going to be happening and that he advised us to you know keep on track and keep updated with the new the different news sources because he himself was not sure of what the decision was going to be made in the future for this event in terms of the you know the water crisis that's happening
0: yeah well we'll definitely keep our eyes open for now as far as we know uh rock the park has requested a water refill station so Whatever that means. Uh, I doubt they're going to let people bring their own water bottles in um, for whatever reason. Probably probably people bringing in alcohol is a valid concern. Um, but, uh, you know, this, this event is coming in hot like a week from now. So we'll see how it all unfolds.
1: For sure. We'll definitely follow up.
0: Thanks so much, Zoe.
1: No problem. Thanks for having me.
0: So picture this, it's late at night after an evening out with friends drinking, you're getting ready to hail a ride home. So you order an Uber, the driver, a man, immediately starts making you uncomfortable with flirtatious conversation. Luckily, he drops you off at home without incident, but you're left feeling a little bummed out that your night had to end by being hit on when you didn't want to be. For a lot of women, this is actually the best case scenario. We've heard countless horror stories of a simple Uber ride ending in disaster for female-identifying passengers. That's why our next guest came up with the idea for Wilma, a membership-based ride-hailing service by women and for women. Terry Phipps joins us now to share more about this new service, kicking off in London later this summer. Hey, Terry Phipps. Welcome to the Interrobank podcast.
2: Hi. Thanks very much for having me, Hannah.
0: Thank you so much for being here. Um... I am so enamored with this idea. I'm really glad to have you on the show to be talking to us a little bit more about it. Um, I want to start with the the inspiration for this idea. Where did this idea come from?
2: Sure. Um, I was actually reading a Twitter feed about a woman, a businesswoman who had landed at the airport um, in Houston, and she had a, a young driver's looking kind of, you know, chatting her up, looking in the rear of your mirror. And he says, Hey, there's a lot of traffic between here and the airport. Do you mind if we take a different route? Sure, no problem. And you know, I got lots of emails. So great. And it, it wasn't until her app said instead of arriving at the hotel at 8.05, it was moving from 8.20 to 8.25. And so she pokes her head up and realizes there's not a light of the city anywhere. And she's going 90 miles an hour down the highway. And she realized she has no bars on her phone. And she's going the opposite direction of Houston, by the way. And she kind of, the blood drains out of her face. She thinks, okay, what do I do? And she starts trying to personalize herself, everything she's read, talk about her kids, her husband. And now he's not looking in the rear of her mirror. He's not engaging at all. It's pure silence. And she's like, okay, I am not imagining this. I'm actually in trouble. So thankfully she you know, changes tactics altogether. And she makes up a story that she works for a very high tech security firm and that her boss is waiting for her at the hotel. And knowing him, he's probably turned on track my phone and knowing him, he's probably turned on voice command. And then she inserts the driver's name and that works. He takes the next off ramp, doubles back and drops her off after a 45 minute detour. And she wants to like kiss the ground when she gets out. But what struck me was the amount of women who jumped on the Twitter feed with Me Too stories or worse. And I honestly remember, and and this is like it was yesterday, I remember the hair on my arms standing up and I just thought to myself, how has no one solved for this yet? And so, um, you know, I never really thought, geez, I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to do this, especially at my age and stage. But I just thought, you know if not now, then when? And if not me, then who? And so, um, yeah, I, I got together with my partner, Mary Morrison. And um, the key, I think, was when it occurred to us to make it a community, a membership model, like a woman's gym, because you address and solve for the anti-discrimination issues. And you, you make sure that you've created this symbiotic relationship of women supporting women. And that's where the idea came from.
0: I love that. And Other than maybe like the obvious all women thing, like what else is different about this service compared to something like Uber?
2: Sure. Um, So i mentioned it was a a symbiotic relationship. So the membership fee is is approximately $15. And um, what the benefit of that to the rider is, is there's no booking fees. And in Ontario, the booking fees are about $3 every ride. So if it's a $20 ride, every ride is about 15% cheaper. And you think about it, it only takes you, you know, two or three nights out to cost justify a membership, plus the peace of mind of it. Um, So that's part of the value proposition, plus they know they always have a female driver every time. So, you know, safety and peace of mind, you know, we lock our doors, we lock our cars, we have insurance on everything. You know, hope is not a strategy. So it's your very inexpensive um, insurance plan to take some of the variables out out of your ride hailing experience. Then for the driver, the really big, um, you know, value proposition and, you know, value to them is that the commission rate is so much lower. Uh, Uber or sorry, our competition basically charges about 25 to 30 percent. We only charge 15 percent. So 85 percent of the ride revenue goes right into the driver's pocket. We don't make them do any of these you know, quests, and you have to do a certain amount of rides in a certain amount of time, <laughs> you know, so it's, it's really like you get 85% of every ride, whether you drive two hours this week or 20. Um, so we're actually calling for drivers to download the app. It's called Wilma Driver. It's on the App Store and uh, Google Play and sign up. So over the next, you know, three, four weeks, we hope to amass enough uh, drivers to get on the road and um, service London over the, you know, by the end of july beginning of august so that's the goal
0: do you envision this as like a potential
2: full-time opportunity for women drivers oh for sure because when we do the when we did the the uh, calculation the income potential is really staggering because before women were afraid to drive on the busiest times like friday and saturday night so they had to drive the safest times Not you know not just the busy times. So there was a wage disparity. And so absolutely this could be a full-time gig for them because the response from people who want to be members and want to use this service is overwhelming. So there'll be no shortage of uh, work for the female drivers. Um, The other thing is I've been asked by women, can I bring my husband or my my two boys or my dad with me in in the car? And the answer is yes. The member is responsible for their guest behavior. So, for example, if I go out to dinner with my brother and he gets into the Wilma, and he starts to sort of chat up the driver, it's on me as the member to say, hey, that's not on here. If that were to continue, I could get written up as a member and removed from the platform if that were to continue. So it is an accountability um, equation as well. And, you know, the funny thing is our our PR firm wanted to know, we thought one in 10 women would buy this for themselves if it was offered in their city. And they went out and and, uh, did an Angus Reed survey and found out that actually four in five women would, um, you know, purchase a membership if it was offered in their city. Um, But what was really interesting is that almost every man that was surveyed said that they would get this for between two and three women in their life, starting with their wife, their daughter and their mother.
0: So it seems like almost everyone agrees here on the problem that needs solving.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, let's just take, uh, let's take, you know, the risk out of it. Yeah. And even just the hassle factor. I mean, I, I, you know, I don't want to get hit on the whole ride. Um, I just... (laughs) want to get from point a to point b let's just go (laughs) right right
0: right so that mutual understanding i think is really important right if there are two parties that are of the same mind saying this is all we want out of this nothing right right
2: and you know you think about women who might be empty nesters or were socially isolated during covid and they've got a you know nice car and they're like you know i want to make sure a woman gets home safely i mean calling on every age uh, all you need to be is 25 years or older to drive for us and um, three years of safe driving uh, history. And, you know, download the app and apply. Oh, and by the way, to become a member, um, go to our website. Uh, it's we wanted an action website. So it's getwilma.app. And uh, that's how you can either gift a membership to someone you love or care about, um, or you can buy a membership for yourself. So getwilma.app.
0: Awesome. And folks still have some time to do that. You said like sort of August-ish is when this is going to kick off?
2: Yep. Yeah, well, so drivers, please uh, apply during July and um, yeah, beginning of August. We should have cars on the road as long as we have enough drivers to meet the demand. And uh, we're going to rock and roll.
0: Now, why kick this off in London specifically?
2: Well, London has been fantastic everyone from the mayor's office, city police, the London, you know, LEDC, the London Economic Development, like, I mean, the, uh, Western, uh, Brasha, Fanshawe, everyone has been absolutely, um, really open arms. My partner, Mary Morrison is our SVP of partnerships, and she's been working with all of our stakeholders, uh, in the cities, um, even the women's crisis line and what they've, predominantly said to us is we are a really great test city because we are um, you know we are malleable we are forgiving we understand you're a startup and there's going to be some bumps in the road and we've got you Uh, and which is really important because we wanted to you know in the whole idea of lean startup you want to build measure learn so kind of you know make mistakes quickly and quietly and then take those learnings into bigger markets um, we hope to go into Toronto and Mississauga and the rest of the GTA in the fall um, and then expand into the United States and and throughout Canada uh, as the need comes to us so but London has been overwhelmingly supportive.
1: Well
0: and something that comes to mind for me too as well you know us being a student newspaper is the high volume of students that do live in this city and are using services like this regularly. What difference do you see something like Wilma making for women identifying students in particular?
2: Women, students can typically be young and smaller in stature and um, are still exploring, you know, drugs and alcohol and what is the effect it has on our bodies and they put themselves possibly in vulnerable situations. So if we can take some of the risk out of them being, you um, you know, possibly intoxicated and having a woman take them home safely. That's the big thing because, because, you know, 65% of women that use ride hailing are between 18 and, and 34 and they're, you know, smaller in stature. If, if the male driver has control of their locks, I mean, you just want to, we just want to protect them. And so students are a big part of that That whole category. And so many assaults go unreported because they think it was maybe their fault because they were intoxicated. It's not your fault. Um, let's just get you home safely. Yeah, for sure. And
0: now the other thing I really like about this too is that it it doesn't alienate gender diverse women as either. And so um my question is if so, say for example, that I did identify as a woman, my driver's license still had an M on it, what's the process of making sure that I can still have a place? With Wilma?
2: Yeah. So I'm part of the LGBTQ community as well. Um, The idea is that there's gender diversity. And if your driver's license does say anything other than an F, there's a lot of people with X's too. Mm -hmm. Reach out to support at getwilma.app and we will help you through the process because we know that gender is not just below the bell genders up here and so um, absolutely reach out and and we will help support you we want to make sure that you your gender identity is female so that we protect, you know the the female in the the backseat as well so um, you know all of this will be properly vetted. Um, we've go, we've actually, um, working with a company called certain to do our background checkings. And it isn't, it is like the top of the line background check. In fact, it even includes facial recognition to sign on, to be a driver, to make sure that your driver's license does match your, your face and whatnot. So, um, we're taking the measures that we need to make sure that everyone is safe and gender is, is part of the equation, but let's make sure that we're keeping true to our value proposition.
0: For sure. Yeah, it sounds like safety is really at the core of all of this. And before I let you go, Terry, is there anything else that you want to add uh, about Wilma? Sure.
2: Well, one of the things uh, Wilma actually is rooted in German and uh, Dutch, and it means resolute protector. Mm-hmm. And um, coincidentally, the very first uh, female uh, driver um, in, in the taxi industry back in 1915 was Wilma Russi. But the big thing is that Wilma is my late mother's name, and she was a high school principal, and mother of five children. And um, I remember going to the mall with her and she'd say, "Okay, there's five of you and one of me. So if one of you gets lost, find a mom, find a Wilma, and she'll make sure you get home safely. And that stuck with me. So Resolute Protector, we will take care of you. Come on for the ride. So go to uh, yeah www.getwilma.app to sign up for a membership and download the Wilma driver if you want to drive for us.
0: Awesome, Terry. Thank you so much. I, I am convinced that there are going to be so many students in the fall that are just going to love this and utilize this and make sure they're getting home safe. So thank you for coming on the show and for chatting with me and teaching us a little bit more about the service. You
2: are so welcome, Hannah. Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you for listening to another episode of the Interrobang podcast. As always, you can catch up with every episode on our website or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and subscribe to our newsletter to keep up with all things Fanshawe. For the Interrobang, I'm Hannah Theodore.